Hi, welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Tom Solopek from Cross Asset Strategy. I'm joined by my colleagues, Wendy Liu, Chief Asia and China Equity Strategist, as well as Ria Nishihara, uh, Chief Japan Equity Strategist. Welcome to the program. We're talking today about the, the idea of money flowing back and forth between China and Japan. Of course, we've seen three-month underperformance from China and correspondingly outperformance from Japan. And that's led to conversation about cross-border flows. And you know, on our side, uh, Nikos from the cross-asset team has put out a very interesting report about some of these flows and how the positioning is shaping up both on the on the future side, uh, as well as cross-border flows from Ministry of Finance data, as well as Northbound Stock Connect. So let's hear first from Wendy. Of course, we've seen some pretty interesting stimulus from, from China, so triple R cuts and, and the stabilization fund. So what are your current views right now? And, and is it going to be enough to move the needle for, for Chinese equities? Hey, Tom, um, thanks for having me on your program. Um, I think the market is telling us they wanted to, you know, see how these programs are being implemented. It did have a very sharp reversal in the past week. Now it's settling um, and trying to grapple. A couple other things has coming up near term, uh, the FOMC, the earnings season, and the CMY consumption data. Uh, but suffice to say, uh, the weakness in the economy and the market has caught the regulators' attention, and therefore we've seen so many different policies incrementally uh, coming together. Um, and the key question is whether ultimately this will drive uh, the onshore household to put part of that 19 trillion U.S. dollars they have parked in the savings and bank deposits. Um, and on this front, we're starting to see some incremental improvement that, you know, the 36 city trial on private pension is now going national. Um, and uh, this just happened last week. So assuming 70% participation rate of the 119 million employees uh, with the 12,000 RMB annual contribution cap, um, that would be 250 billions of equity net inflow into uh, the market and assuming a 25% uh, equity AUM. Now, between 2016 to 22, uh, average of household net inflow into onshore equity uh, was about 209 billion. So, so I think things are improving, uh, but you got to need to be a little bit more patient over the next couple of months. And so overall, we are constructive. Thanks, Wendy. Let's hear from Ria San. Ria San, um, from your perspective, do you think there has been uh, fund flows from China to Japan? And to what extent has been has it been supported for Japanese equities? Thanks, Tom, uh, for having me as well. I think the fund flow from Chinese equity to Japanese equities might be one of the reasons for the outperformance of Japan equities year to date, if not an important one. We think uh, there are two main reasons uh, for the outperformance of Japan equities in the new year. Uh, first, uh, the tailwinds from macro or environment. At the start of the year, uh, the expectation for uh, FRB's uh, early rate cuts uh, receded, and the timing of uh, Bank of Japan uh, policy normalization has been also postponed 
due to the earthquake in Japan. Um, so this brought yen depreciation. The, the end of year dollar yen uh, for the cough um, has changed from 135 to 140 uh, from the end of December last year. Yen depreciation and rising US treasury yields benefited exporters and value stocks in Japan. So strong US economy also supported the outlook for Japanese exporters earnings. Auto and bank sectors are the outperforming sectors year to date. And we upgraded our topics EPS estimates for 2024 from 5% uh, growth to 8% growth, uh, reflecting this change of macro environment. And secondly, uh, we think uh, expectation for domestic uh, structural changes uh, in the market are stronger in, in the new year as well. Um, the outlook of wage increase in two consecutive years uh, has been more likely. Uh, many corporate managements expressed their intention to increase wage during the new year uh, holiday. There are more expectations for corporate reaction to Tokyo Stock Exchange reform as well. Um, inflow from individual investors is also expected at the start of new NISA. The tax bracket for individual investors' um, investments, um, while that has not approved it yet. So looking at the positioning in terms of cumulative cross-border investments, um, investment in Japanese equities increased and that in Chinese equities decreased moderately in cash and more clearly in futures uh, in New Year. So from these con contrasting data, uh, we can say that this funds flow uh, might be one of the reasons uh, for the strong performance of Japan equities this year. However, if we look at the data uh, during April to July last year, when Japanese equity rallied, uh, the positioning of Japan equity increased, but uh, that of Chinese equity did not decrease according to northbound funds data. So we cannot say the flow of funds from China to Japan drove the Japan equity rally last year. So in short, uh, we'd like to say the rally in Japan equity is not just because of uh, the funds flow from China to Japan. Thanks, Ria-san. I mean, it is a very special time for, for Japanese equities. I think we're looking at a multi-decade high right now, but it sounds like based on what Wendy said and what you followed up with, that you don't really expect much of an impact on, on China's new policies for, for Japan. Is that fair to say? The recent market narrative, uh, especially this year, is focusing um, more on the positive impact uh, on Japanese equity by flow funds uh, from the flow from China, rather than on any negative impact on Japanese economy or Japanese corporate earnings uh, due to the outlook for Chinese economy. As I pointed out, that rally in Japan equities year to date uh, is partly attributable to the funds flow from China to Japan. So if the new Chinese government's policies uh, you know, regarded as meaningful or sustainable, then there will be some uh, negative impact on Japanese equity in terms of flow you know, in, in a short term period. However, uh, what is more important in our view is the impact on fundamentals, 
um, if new Chinese uh, policy measures are impactful, then that uh, we believe Japanese machinery sector, including factory automation, which was the, out, the underperformer last year, regardless of medium-term structural catalyst and steel sectors. I mean, those sectors would benefit from them. And this positive impact uh, on uh, fundamentals should be greater than the negative impact on uh, you know, flow funds. Let's turn it back to Wendy. Based what Ria-san just said, Wendy, can you wrap things up and, and uh, maybe touch on how you see the expected flows and how things will shape up with Chinese stocks in the coming months? There's about 165, 66 uh, billion of QDI money in U.S. dollar terms. And there's um, about less than, uh, slightly over half are given to brokers and mutual funds and they can package those into uh, different fund products. The rest goes to banks um, and insurance companies. They tend to have a quota as to where they could invest to. So I think it's the securities portion and the mutual fund portion that has flexibility. And we do see onshore investors bidding up uh, Japan ETF and some of the other markets like the U.S. market ETF with a local pricing premium. Um, so there are signs of people, uh, you know, going after the winning markets. I think for China, um, it is essentially at the midst of five or six different cycles. The different um, cycles are all at the trough level. Um, and these are the business cycle, earning cycle, property cycle, credit cycle, domestic rebalancing cycle, and geopolitical cycle. Um, so we know the business cycle has troughed, but it's very weak, and it probably peaks around mid-2025, so we're good on that. Earnings cycle, it had three years of the worst earnings in Asia, down 12%, but this year, we're expecting about 10% and 11% um, for, for, for 24, um, the 10% the for 23. So I think it's turning, but people will need to be convinced. Property cycle, we're non-consensus. We think uh, we'll see signs of stabilization in the second half because there's resilient upgrade demand. Credit cycle, this is what we're watching very closely. When are the NPLs going to get written up? And this seems like um, the MSCI China is telling us uh, we're at the equivalent of Japan in 97. And if the um, cleanup of the banking sector is a little bit faster, then we could zoom into 98, where we had very big rally in the topics. And the geopolitical cycle, I think people have a lot of questions about. But the very interesting one is the domestic rebalancing cycle. Well, onshore put money into local equities. And then critically, where there be a anti-corruption uh, 2.0 version. Um, and in our channel checks, if the anti-corruption drive becomes more rule of law forward looking, um, then they'll free up a lot of enterprising spirit. So we're watching, particularly on the NPL cycle or credit cycle and the domestic rebalancing cycle. And if those happens, I think it'll be very bullish. And I think if that doesn't happen, the MSCI China is already trading at about 51 below our bearish target of 56 for the year. So it is in the buying zone. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Ria-san. I just wanted to say, please vote for Wendy 
and your favorite JP Morgan analyst in the II All Asia survey. And thank you all for tuning in to JP Morgan TV.